Welcome to the latest uh, Fifth Step podcast. Today I'll be talking to Darren Ray about end-of-year budget processes. Um, as many of our listeners will know, uh, the period from the summer holidays and into December, well, for many managers, it's one of their least favourite times of the year. It's, but it's during that time that anyone with a budget that follows the calendar year will be going for their budget planning and approval process. So, um, so Darren, you know, why is IT budgeting such a tough, tough nut to crack? Yeah, all budgeting's um, uh, particularly difficult, I guess, Chris, because it's about using a crystal ball to look into the future and try and you know, plan how we're going to spend money and allocate resources and things like that. But I think that IT budgeting is particularly concentrated because in many organisations, the budgets are quite large, and that means um, you know, they get a lot of attention uh, because of uh, their size. And they're also subject to a great deal of change. There's a great deal of um, you know, vendor change sometimes, uh, as organisations change vendors. Um, but there's a great deal of complexity in IT budgets, typically. And sometimes things creep into IT budgets that aren't necessarily wholly IT. And sometimes things that are wholly IT are actually outside of IT budgets. So there can be a level of complexity, organisational complexity, as well as the normal budget complexities. Okay, so where do you, you know, where do you need to start with your, your budget uh, processing? It's a good question, Chris, and I always like to start with um, business demand checking so that you have a good understanding and a reaffirmation of your understanding of what the business demand is. So who's looking for what next year? Um, are there any strategy changes that you didn't know about? Anything that you need to make sure that IT is aligned with that you didn't know about? If you've got a product backlog or a project backlog that needs to be fulfilled, make sure that you're understanding that and its continued alignment with the business. So ensuring that IT is as aligned as it can be today, but then is going to be aligned next year and that your budgets are aligned with where the rest of the business needs to go and is expecting to go in the coming year. So, you know, how do you, you know, set your strategic objectives in, that, in, in the context of the end-of-year budgets? There are many different ways of approaching that. Um, for some organisations, they do actually have a, a, a written or a communicated do, strategy. Yeah, right. Some of them do. Yeah. Okay. All organisations will obviously have a, uh, you know, a documented budget. So you know, last year's budget is always a good starting point, but in, or, in order to understand where you're going to and where you're strategically aligned today and where you can be strategically aligned in the future, it's actually best to refer back to the strategy documentation and to meet with your uh, your peers in other parts of the business and make sure you understand where they're going and what their objectives, the objectives they're being set are. You know, if they're being set an objective to, you know, double revenue in the next uh, three years, then you need to work with them to understand what they need from IT to, to make that happen. And then that revenue doubling of revenue, um, does that have an IT spend requirement? Perhaps does, perhaps doesn't. But you need to understand that and to be able to predict that and budget that rather than, as we've probably all experienced in one form or another in the past, IT becoming a, a blocker either because it hasn't uh, planned for the expenditure or it can't actually achieve what the business requires in the time frame that it's given. Yeah, yeah. Is it uh, in, in any way possible to you know, automate the, some of these processes? Or, or is there software that you can use that can help you with the job? There is budgeting software, yeah. There's a number of organisations that Fifth Step's worked with 
um, around um, you know that help with some of that um, process. Um, different organisations have their own um, different preferences around that, so I wouldn't like to give shouts out to anyone in particular with that. But there are budgeting, um, there is budgeting software that can help. But a key aspect is understanding the business alignment in the first instance. Once you've got that, software can start to help um, and start to identify where you're spending money and how you know how you can realign it. Okay. Are there any you know common checks or, or items that you know you need to consider or should be considered? Yeah, absolutely. There are. There are uh, at least there's common checks that I go through, um, and others. You know, other organisations and other CIOs will have additions to this, or some of these may not be appropriate. But I think these are fairly general ones. Um, so, um, cybersecurity is a big topic at the moment. Make sure that you're that you're budgeting for cybersecurity. What form that that takes may vary with your organisation, but things like um, you know making sure that you're doing tests for you know penetration tests and um, vulnerability tests, those kinds of things. Um, if you haven't had a security uh, information security or cybersecurity review recently, make sure you're budgeting for that. Um, if you've still got on-premise hardware, um, make sure that you're looking to upgrade that or if you've got any upgrades um, that, are, that are due or coming due making sure that you're budgeting for that um, is absolutely key um, many organisations historically would replace hardware on a you know a three year cycle, these days that's sort of fallen out of favour a little right. bit yeah. uh, with people sweating those assets a little bit further but make sure if you are on an upgrade cycle that you're budgeting for what you need to do, if there's hardware that's business critical that is um, perhaps a little bit more aged now. Look at ways that you can, um, you know, look at ways of replacing that if you need to, or indeed extending its life. What about things like software licensing? Absolutely critical. There are often deals to be done around software licensing. Not nearly as many as um, our CIO listeners um, would want. Um, I can I can guarantee, but there are often deals to be done uh, around that. Uh, it's critically important that you understand how the software licensing works for your. Um, for your critical software, your business critical software. So if, for example, um, you're using um, you know, Microsoft products, um, understanding the different levels and types of uh, Microsoft licensing. Now, that's a big topic and a complex topic, and I'd recommend that anyone who um, isn't familiar with that or doesn't have someone in their team who's familiar with it, um, you know, talk to your software v- vendor or talk to a licensing specialist because often there's money to be saved or opportunities to, um, you know, to slice or dice things a slightly different way with uh, software um, licensing. I've certainly taken advantage of that in my career previously. Okay. Good stuff. So, uh, so are we talking bottom-up bottom budgeting or, uh-huh. or top-down? <laughs> or is it a combination of a mix, mixture of all of those things? Well, yeah, OK, so... Um, so yeah, what you're talking about there um, are different types of budgeting, and there are many different types. And these are just um, some of the um, you know the high level categorizations, if you like. So bottom up budgeting is really starting from scratch and building a budget from absolute scratch. Many organisations and many CIOs won't be starting from that point. But if you're a new CIO or a new CIO into a, um, you know, an existing role, you've just joined a company, for example, yeah. then you may want to do bottom-up budgeting in order to validate the, the, the process and validate the, the value that you're getting from some of those, um, those vendors and some of those products that yeah. you're paying for. Okay. It will also introduce you and give you a lot, more, a lot better feel for where you're spending money, why you're spending the money. Um, so personally, 
um, if you're new to the role or um, you've just joined the company, something along those lines, then I think it's um, absolutely vital to do a bottom-up exercise so you can actually understand the, uh, uh, the budget and get more um, personally acquainted with it. Now, sometimes budgets are too complex to do that, and, uh, and that's well understood, but it's a good opportunity to do that. Some organisations, the finance department, will actually work with you to do that, um, particularly if you're new to the organisation, because yeah. they want you to understand the budget and make sure that they can help you save money um, you know, where they can too. So look at that, but it's absolutely vital, I believe, if you're new to the organisation. You may take advantage of it at other times too. Um, you know, If it's been a number of years since you've done a, um, a bottom-up budget uh, planning exercise, um, it's good to go back and have a look at that and... Um, you know, remove the assumptions about okay, we've always got to have this product, um, you know, uh, or there's a number of services that you th- forgot you were paying for. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, is there is there a, a third way? Is, is there a kind of a, I suppose, a hybrid approach? Uh, there is. So, let's talk about top down budgeting because that's sort of um, the one that most organizations will yeah, use yeah. or most CIOs will use when they've been in the role for a little while or they've got a trusted budget. Mm. Yeah, a top down is really a re assessment of what you've already got in the budget but um, it has carried some assumptions um, you know uh, we're always going to be paying this amount to this vendor because um, we actually do um, you know do need that service that's a that's a known assumption kind of thing yeah. so um, it's a much easier exercise because you're actually only reviewing the things that you that are already in the budget you're not building it back from um, back from scratch um, still a very valid exercise though um, usually takes slightly less time than a than a bottom up budget exercise, um, which is why it um, tends to be more more popular, okay, um, yeah. particularly where you've got a, a trusted, um, you know, a trusted budget. Now the hybrid approach that you mentioned, um, it may sound um, completely at odds to be able to do a top down and a bottom up um, budget at the same time, right? It sounds uh, very. Um, you know, contradictory, but if there are areas where you know you need to concentrate on, you know, if you're paying too much for telecoms, for example, um, then you can do a bottom-up exercise in the area of your telecoms and top-down in the other areas. So yeah. sort of do a hybrid approach, uh, concentrating on the areas of greatest concern. Yeah. So how do you continue to, you know, uh, to make control, uh, maintain control of your budget? I mean, uh, is it easier for more mature organisations in general, or, you know, or does... Uh, being a new startup, I suppose that gives you the flexibility to do things in your own way, maybe without any legacy. Yeah, it does. Um, there, um, there is a great deal of uh, freedom and flexibility for um, startup organisations. That's true. Um, there's often less money, depending on how well funded they are, of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, which means you have to take um, sometimes have greater control um, over your budget. In more mature organisations or larger organisations. Um, you can have situations where you know people are calling off against your budget without you necessarily knowing about yeah. it. I've certainly had that scenario in my past where software was being charged for my budget that I had no idea was part I had that of my in budget. Marketing when I was responsible for a marketing budget yeah. years ago, yeah, then it just disappeared. Oh, oh, so you were the victim? You weren't the one taking no, no, advantage no, 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 of this, the poor this, CIO? No, I was the victim this time. Yeah, oh, marvelous. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, it happens across business sectors, it's not unique to IT in any respect, but um, you know, some of the pieces of um, software or the services, um, you know, they can be quite <coughs> expensive, and if they end up landing in your budget unexpectedly, it's important that uh, um, you, know, it's important you understand that and recognise that as uh, quickly as possible. So you know, keep an eye on that. Um, if you're working in a mature organisation, 
uh, your finance department will be a great help here. They'll probably have the kind of reports and the budget reports uh, that they can produce for you on a regular basis. Um, monthly is always good. Um, some organisations, that's perhaps a little bit too frequent. It's perhaps more quarterly. But as long as you're keeping an eye on it um, um, and you're not getting to the end of the year or getting to the fourth quarter and finding you're running out of money because um, you know it's been spent by other people, that's the kind of thing that you're guarding against. And also that you're, you know, the costs that you're um, predicting and you're forecasting have actually been uh, what's being realised. So that if you do need to go back for any additional budget or you do need to cut budget from other areas, yeah. that you can identify that sooner rather than later. Okay. So are, are there any, um, you know, I suppose pitfalls or, or sand traps that, that you, you want to avoid when you're, uh, when you're coming, up, uh, coming up to your end of year budgeting? Yeah, the, the, they definitely are, and they, they probably vary quite greatly between organisations, but some of the ones that I advise people to look out for, some of the ones I've encountered in the past, are really um, around understanding the budget process, understanding what should or shouldn't be in your budget. So, um, in for example, um, you know, does your organisation expect you to budget for existing employees? Um, you know, Is that part of your budget, or is that... Um, you know, a given. Um, make sure you understand that. Um, understanding whether you need to budget for asset depreciation. It's not usual to have to do that, but some I have seen it happen, um, but it's not usual. Um, make sure, as I said already, that your software licensing, you know, is it all part of your budget? Do you need to be going out to um, your business uh, colleagues and making sure that you understand what software they're going to be buying um, you know, effectively on your budget? Um, you know, do you need to accrue costs for annual recurring items um, you know, um, or do you need to uh, just budget the full amount um, in, uh, in the beginning of the budget those kinds of things they're just some of the ones that I've encountered in my um, experience but when working with um, you know, CIOs and advising them about things it's really to get to know and to work with their colleagues in the finance department whether that be the CFO or, or someone else but to actually un help um, work with them to understand the budget process and how budgets work within their organisation. Okay, so uh, I mean, if we're getting to the end now, but uh, one, one of the last sort of questions that springs to my mind is the, you know, the vendor management process. What, what, do, what do you need to get that uh, up to speed? Yeah, vendor management is a is a is a very um, you know is a topic on its own, and I think we've spoken about it a few times on uh, our podcast before. But vendor management um, at, at budget time is absolutely crucial because you may be changing vendors. Um, you may, if you're new to the role, be looking at the vendors in a in a different way to your predecessor. Um, but making sure that you've got a good vendor management process in place so you understand the costs, you understand what you're getting and you know that you're getting value for money or that your organisation is getting that value for money is absolutely crucial. So if you can do that and you can have a good vendor management process in place um, that has the checks and balances, uh, has the regular meetings, has the, um, the process in place to ensure that the service levels are being met and all those kind of things if you can do that then what you'll actually find is that your organization will um, and your IT department will be far more efficient and it will also help with your budgeting process too because you'll understand if there's um, budget increases or cost increases coming through from your vendors you may even be able to negotiate those differently um, if you've got a good 
um, ongoing relationship with them. Now, this doesn't always have to be the CIO who's doing this, by the way. You're in large organisations, there may uh, be people assigned, um, you know, yeah, there'll be people assigned who are actually whose role it is to uh, control the vendor management. So I'm by no means saying, you know, the CIO has to spend all of their time meeting with vendors. That's not the case at all. Um, but make sure that that process is in place. Make sure that you're getting what you need out of it. Make sure the organisation is continuing to get value for money out of its vendors. And at budget time, it's just a good check and balance time. You know, um, how many times has the organisation met with um, some of your key vendors in the last year? Yeah. Ask those kind of um, questions, um, you know, of your team or indeed of yourself if, um, if, it, you know, if it is you who's meeting with these people. How about uh, regula regulation? Are there, are there any sort of re regulatory obstacles uh, that, that, that traditionally interfere with the, interfere with the budget process, or, or are, any, are there any new ones indeed that might be coming up? Yeah. The, um, okay. So, um, typically, the sorts of things that uh, will cause um, changes to budgets from regulation are they're typically well signposted and well advertised by regulators in advance. So. Um, if you're getting caught out by regulatory changes, um, you know that's usually pretty unusual. But yeah. you know, keep an eye out for those kinds of things. Um, there's no big, certainly in financial services, um, uh, there's no big um, regulatory uh, hurdles coming up in that respect. However, um, in terms of accounting and from the finance departments. Um, side, there are a number of changes coming along in in that area that may impact your organisation. So there's a number of changes called um, IFRS uh, changes. Yeah, 16 and oh, 17. 16 and okay. Depending on which part of financial services you're in. So if you're in the leasing side of the business, you'll be um, talking about 16. And if you're in the um, insurance side of uh, the business, then you'll be talking about 17. Right. Now, that may mean that some CIOs may um, have to change their budgeting process or may be asked to change some of the processes by their CFOs. Um, and their uh, finance teams over the next uh, few years. So if your organisation isn't thinking about those things and you think they might be um, um, hit by those, then um, start to ask the question of your, uh, of your finance department and your CFO and uh, make sure that they've got a plan in place because that, uh, those kind of things are going to be exactly the kind of regulatory shock um, that could come along and um, you know, surprise an organisation. Okay, um, well I think that, that pretty much concludes it. So for all you uh, budget managers out there, uh, it's coming up to October now. I think this podcast will pro probably be uh, broadcast from the end of September, beginning of October. But yeah. You've only got three months to go to the end of the year, so you better get cracking, really. Uh, uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, if, um, if you're not being driven by your uh, finance department to get your budgets um, in and approved uh, by now and you're on an end-of-year uh, budgeting process, then, um, then you probably need to be driving them. Yeah. And make sure that you're on the right track and that you're going to have the, the right finances to make the right moves uh, and to deliver the service that you're expecting in 2019. Super. Okay, well, if, if you need, um, if any of our listeners need any more advice or any information on, on this subject, if it was a useful topic for you, um, I think probably the Fifth Step website is a, is a good place to start. So that's www.fifthstep.com uh, and that's F I F T H S T E P.com. Uh, and there are all sorts of other channels and that that we use. Um, quite LinkedIn, more, quite modern. We're on LinkedIn, obviously. We're on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter part of the Twitterati, <laughs> and that's at, at Fifth Step uh, on on Twitter. And uh, and of course, just uh, give Darren a call or email him.
Well, by all means, yeah. I mean, uh, by all means, you can um, you can uh, get in contact uh, from the Fifth Step web- website. Um, by all means, do that. Or if you're really really feeling sociable, um, yeah, reach out on uh, LinkedIn or on Twitter. Yeah, great stuff. Okay, then, Darren. Well, thanks for that, and uh, look forward to uh, speaking to you for our next uh, next topic. Thanks very much, Chris. Thank you.